Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting, trading, scouting, and managing all my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Man, it's so sad. Rookie draft season is over. We're headed into the what I call the NFL dead zone. After mandatory mini camps are coming to an end here shortly, unfortunately, for several weeks, we're not going to have injuries, training camp reports, or breaking news. And so that's just how it goes. We're going to have a little dull period right now. And so to keep my leagues active during the NFL, what I call dead zone, I like to readjust my dynasty rankings during that time and make trade offers to players that I realized actually after making those changes, I'm higher on than I once thought I would be. It's an excellent time of uh, dynasty trading, only if you're in dynasty freak leagues, because dynasty freaks trade and pay attention to their leagues all the time. But if you are in Dynasty Freak Leagues, this is a great time to make trades. Think about how you really settled in on players before things really get started for the start, really, of the new season. And so what I want to do is offer you a couple players that I'm actually targeting most right now on trades for the next few weeks. Before uh, things really get started here at the end of July, here's some players that I'm thinking about trading for. First off, we'll start with quarterback. We'll go position by position. There's only one, one quarterback. That's Daniel Jones. I don't believe that Brian Dayball is going to make Daniel Jones into the next Josh Allen. Trust me, I really don't. But I do think that he's going to have a fantastic season. He's going to prove to be the Giants quarterback of the future. And Jones has looked great and looked terrible in flashes. Both have happened. But he's never really had the good coaching staff or the healthy weapons to become his best. Now he does, I believe. And I'm confident that he's going to become a startable quarterback in Superflex leagues this season and for future seasons. And I'm confident the Giants are going to sign him to a second contract sometime later this year. I'm in the minority on this opinion, which is why Jones is a great player to trade for right now. Um, I plan to make quarterback swap offers for him in one quarterback leagues just to see if I can get managers who prefer you know, one of their bench quarterbacks over one of my bench quarterbacks. Happy to do that for Jones because his upside is so high. And then as far as, you know, if you're in super flex leagues, uh, I'd be willing to do even more. In the super flex leagues where I have a top four roster with only Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff as my starters and no starting quarterback behind them, I actually traded away a 2023 first round pick for Jones. So I'm telling you right now, I'm putting my money where my mouth is on Jones. I believe that he's going to become a starter, flexible in uh, one-quarterback leagues, and definitely a starter in super-flex leagues. That's the only quarterback that I have on my list. Next, I'll go to running backs. Uh, Devin Singletary. I mean, after the Bills drafted James Cook, Dynasty managers like immediately forgot about their fantasy, you know, starter that they had at the end of last season. He was like on a fantasy tear at the end of last season. And I want to capitalize on their forgetfulness. Uh, the Bills traded to sign J.D. McKissick in free agency, but he took the Washington offer instead. McKissick is not fit to be a you know primary role, 
but he's an excellent passing downs back. And the Bills missed out on him. So I think they drafted James Cooks, James Cook, rather, who they believe could fill this role that they wanted with McKissick to fill. Cook can may be, you know, could very well mean be involved in the passing game, but I believe that Singletary is going to get the bulk of the first touches of the season, even if not involved in the passing game. You know, he's probable, you know, lack of involvement in the passing game does limit his upside. I, I admit that. But dynasty managers have knocked him way too much for this fact, making his purchase price right now drop way too far. I've yet to do so, but I plan to hit up managers in my, in my, you know, leagues that are rostering Singletary just to see how they value him after the Cook draft a draft pick and see if I can, you know, find a trade somewhere in there from someone who values him too low right now. Second running back I would mention would be Daryl Williams. I'm super excited to see where Williams, you know, when he signed with the Cardinals, found that it was a perfect spot for him. His his signing immediately dropped the Eno Benjamin and yeah and Keontae Ingram, Texas Longhorn, Hokum Horns. It immediately dropped their value, which may, you know, many managers held on to it, you know, drafting him in rookie drafts, and they thought that he might be the handcuff to James Conner. But right now, I really think it's Williams. He's not a superstar by any means, but he's proven that he can produce in the NFL and on dynasty teams. Last year, he was a very startable player when Clyde Edwards-Alaire was injured. I believe that he can do so again if Connors was to get injured. I love, I'd love. i love to offer up like another backup running back right now for Williams and just check rosters to see if there's any like maybe handcuff that I have on my team. I could give a handcuff on my team to help someone else's team just to pick up Williams. That'd be something i love to do. Or I'd love to add him just to a trade. Like at the end of a trade, we try to make it even. Just throw in Daryl Williams and see what happens. Uh, I plan to make more offer for offers for Williams in the next few weeks because I do think he's going to become more like the Chase Edmonds was last year for their uh, for their season. In fact, this last year I recently traded DJ Moore and Daryl Henderson for Tyree Kill and Daryl Williams. Like that's a pretty big trade. DJ Moore and Daryl Henderson. So I traded away those two guys to get the upgrade at Tyree Kill, which I believe, even though he's older than DJ Moore, but I also wanted to take on Daryl Williams. Like I really believe he can do it. So putting my money where my mouth is there. Next, next back would be Deontay Foreman. Uh, Foreman's among my few running backs, return, the, the few that are returning from Achilles injuries. We're going to see how this all plays out because he's returning, Cam Akers returning, Marlon Mack returning, and among the three of them, Foreman looked the best last year. But granted, he's had more time to recover than they have. And the fact is that for Carolina, Chuba Hubbard, even their great draft pick, was just not efficient when he filled in for Christian McCaffrey last season. And the Panthers, Panthers added Foreman to their roster in free agency. Hence, I believe that Foreman is now the new handcuff to McCaffrey and not uh, Chubber, Chuba Hubbard like, like we thought. I realize that they're uh, likely Foreman you know, is not going to be the type of player like I believe Daryl Williams will be, that he could be you know, a starter every week just because he's going to get a lot of action. I think form is a true, just spirit, you know, just a handcuff, no matter no matter what. But still, we know what Christian McCaffrey's done the last two seasons, and handcuffs for him are been value very valuable. Um, I think that he's a great player to roster right now at a very low price. Moving to wide receivers, we got Cortland Sutton. Um, I'm very intrigued, uh, more intrigued than ever, 
after not really being a fan of Sutton. If you followed me uh, over the years, I've not been really a fan. I wasn't a fan of him in the rookie drafts compared to most. But I think Russell Wilson landing in Denver is the biggest difference. And the recent uh, minicamp reports of his rapport that he's had with, with Wilson have intrigued me even more. Jerry Judy's lack of production the first two years of his, his career and his current legal trouble increased my confidence even more. I mean, I just really believe that Denver's wide receiver one from now on is going to be Sutton. I offered Darnell Mooney for Sutton in one league where I know the manager loves Mooney, so try to see what happened there, but he wouldn't take it. He must be high on the upside as well. Um, I offered Debo Samuel for Sutton in two 22-23 first-round picks. I know, pretty big ask for me right now. It was an aggressive offer for sure, but I know that this offer, this team has made offers for me for Debo Samuel many times, so I'm trying to test the waters there and see how much he wants Debo. I'm going to continue to make offers for Sutton in the coming weeks because I'm convinced that he's going to become Wilson's number one target, and I really like that in Denver. Next receiver would be Brian Edwards. Edwards was one of my top you know, second-round prospects in rookie rankings in the 2020 class. Um, but I, I'd only drafted him in one league. I can't believe I only got him in one league. And he's been on the border of droppable on that team in most of my leagues, but I have not dropped him yet. My hope is really restored, though, within going to Atlanta. Uh, every chance he's, you know, every chance to become, he's got every chance to become the wide receiver, too, uh, behind Drake London, both of whom had similar skill sets, you know, with their, you know, win with length and their contested catches. I really think that Kyle Pitts, the Falcon, with Kyle Pitts, the Falcons are trying to build kind of a height and contested catch ability type of team. Edwards fits the part, and I still have kind of a small hope that he can become one that meets my lofty expectations, expectations that I had from two years ago. I'm concerned about his quarterback play for sure, um, but his draft capital compared to London and Pitts, that's a concern too. But he's a player that I'm really willing to buy, you know, maybe a middle round rookie pick in 2022 or, you know, uh, twenty you know, someone that was drafted in 2022 or a third round pick in 2023. I'm not sure what people value him as right now, but I really want to see what the offers come in as in the coming weeks because I like his new opportunity that he has there in Atlanta. I think he can become the third most targeted player there in Atlanta. Another kind of deep dive would be K.J. Osborne. Um, I really think Osborne is one of the sneakiest players to trade for right now. If not, you know, someone to pick up off the waiver wire. He might be on your waiver wire, depending on the depth of your leagues. He had several breakout games last year and, you know, is the uncontested wide receiver three in Minnesota, which is a team that has a new pass-oriented coach. Don't get me wrong, I love Adam Thielen. I have him on most of my rosters but I believe Osborne's role is really going to increase this next year. And Thielen, who's been injured more often than not in the last coming years, he's definitely a bottom-of-the-roster kind of guy, but I'm happy to offer my other bottom-of-the-roster guys to see if I could find a buyer for K.J. Osborne. I plan to do so in these next coming weeks. Moving to tight ends, there's there's three guys that I'm most interested in. Uh, Zach Ertz. Ertz might be the player that I'm most eager to buy, literally the one that I'm probably most eager to buy at this time of the year. He's an older player, and the Cardinals just drafted Trey McBride, his future replacement. So I feel like Ertz's value cannot be lower than it is right now, well, compared to when he was really struggling a year ago. 
but not lower than it is right now after he landed with Arizona. And I feel like it's a perfect time to buy, especially if you're on a contending team. I'm uh, supremely confident in his, this offense, you know, especially at the start of the season with DeAndre Hopkins out. Uh, I'd be happy to start Ertz as my tight end or even start him in a flex position because I think he's going to receive so many targets with the wide receivers hurting on that team. I'd be happily, you know, willing to trade a younger tight end, you know, on my bench for Ertz or, you know, um, try to target Ertz as a flex-worthy guy that could start in my, you know, tight end two spot. In half PPR leagues for sure, but in PPR leagues for sure, for sure, Ertz is a guy that I'm going for. Next, a little bit of a leap right here would be uh, Evan Ingram. Ingram landed, I feel like, in the perfect team for this offseason. Jacksonville, one, has no tight end competition. Second, they have a young quarterback who, you know, made a no-name tight ends like Dan Arnold or James O'Shaughnessy for a short time become fantasy relevant. And now they have a new coach in Doug Peterson whose offense has made tight ends, you know, central focus of their offense. Uh, like I already mentioned with Daniel Jones, the Giants' offense really ruined a lot of the fantasy productions of their players. Ingram has all the talent in the world. And tight ends often perform best in their second team or with their second contract. And I'm just convinced that Ingram's best years are ahead of him from a fantasy perspective. I'd offer any backup tight end that I have on my team to try to get him instead just to see if someone likes my backup tight end compared to theirs. That would be a great strategy to do right now. Next tight end, pretty similar, Austin Hooper. Hooper landed on the perfect team after not capitalizing on his fantasy stardom in Cleveland after his breakout year in Atlanta, he's really struggled. Hooper, Hooper was buried, you know, with competition in Cleveland with teammates, and uh, that definitely had more significant draft capital and salary cap implications. But this is not the case any longer with Tennessee, where he's poised to become the wide receiver or the tight end one on a team that's quietly, you know, they've quietly made their starting tight end pretty fantasy relevant over the last couple of years. Uh, Hooper, Hooper is a sneaky, super sneaky value. The maybe even able to you know add on the waiver wire depending on the depth of your league right now. I would gladly trade him, you know, for another tight end on, on my roster, even a young one. If I wanted to try to develop one, like one of my young tight ends and say I'll take the old guy, you take the young guy, I'd be happy to do that. Hooper, you know, could become a starting tight end this season. I really believe that in fantasy leagues, and he could parlay that into a new contract beyond his one-year contract that he signed right now with Tennessee to become a longer-term you know, tight end in Tennessee. So I'm happy to add Hooper to my teams as well. These are kind of some fringe guys. <clears throat> fringe guys that I think you could make reasonable offers for right now and pick up in your dynasty leagues. And so hopefully you're in a dynasty freak league where freaks are paying attention year-round. If so, these are the players that I'm going to go for, and I'm going to do that over the next few weeks. Coming weeks, I plan to actually offer, you know, what, what trades have happened in my leagues and which ones might have come for me regarding these players or others as trade offers come to me as well. Hope that you enjoy the season. Enjoy the fantasy dead zone here coming up shortly. Stay in touch. I'd love for you to stay connected. Uh, that's going to be a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks for listening. Make it a two-way conversation. Anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. Much better on Twitter than I'm on, uh, e on email. Much better on email than I'm on Twitter. Sorry, my dog is snoring behind me. He's an old dog. His name's Russell Wilson. You'd love him if you met him. 180-pound English Mastiff. Sorry, Russell. 
Stop for stop interfering. <laughs> I'd be honored if you take time to rate and read the podcast. We'd love to touch base with you for sure. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there, get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.